Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. The Big Sycamore Canyon Trail in Thousand Oaks. For many reasons, it is one of my favorite spots in the whole world. I've hiked that trail many times with family and friends, and so it holds wonderful memories for me. It's the 15.4-mile trail from mountaintop to beach and back again that I jogged in three hours and five minutes in my successful quest to lose 100 pounds, most of which I've kept off. It's the trail on which I heard God's call to go to seminary. In 2013, a fire swept through the mountainside. And as you can see here, for about a half a dozen years, that area was just a swath of black char. But eventually, the land recovered with new growth springing up and around and through the patches and plants that had burned. And the big Sycamore Canyon Trail is just as beautiful now, if not more so, than it has ever been. This is one of many examples in the natural world of beauty rising from ashes of new life springing up after devastation, of the healing, nurturing, restoring power of time, of care, of God our Creator. Restoration experienced by Peter in our Gospel reading for today. Peter's story in the Gospels begins by the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias, when he was still named Simon, son of John. Simon in Hebrew means listen. Before Jesus named him Peter, Petros in Greek, which means rock, Simon Peter was a fisherman in the small coastal town of Bethsaida, along with his brother Andrew and their friends and business partners, James and John. And then one day, a rabbi named Jesus arrived on the seashore, stepped into Simon Peter's boat, provided an overwhelming catch of fish, told them that from now on these fishermen would be catching people, And said to them, follow me. An invitation to walk with Jesus as he journeyed through the region in his public ministry. An invitation to become an apprentice, trainee, student of Jesus. To learn from Jesus how to be like him. How to do what he did. How to teach as he taught. An invitation to participate in Jesus' healing, restoring, grace-filled work. An invitation that Peter and Andrew and James and John accepted. 
And for the next three years, Peter followed Jesus. Peter was in the room when Jesus healed his mother-in-law, when he brought a young girl back to life, when he forgave sins despite the objections of the religious authorities. Peter partied with Jesus at the wedding in Cana and collected the abundant leftovers when Jesus fed thousands with five loaves of bread and two fish and heard Jesus say, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. For a brief shining moment, Peter actually walked on the waters of the Sea of Galilee when his Lord called him out of the boat until he started to look at the storm and took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. Jesus reached out and rescued him. I'll never forget during a Bible study at Ascension Lutheran Church in Thousand Oaks, Dr. Callis said that Peter was called the rock because he sank like one. <laughs> Peter declared that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of the living God, and then drastically misunderstood what that meant. Peter was on the mountainside, on the mountaintop, with Jesus and James and John when Jesus was transfigured before their eyes. And then Peter suggested building tents for Jesus and heavenly visitors, Moses and Elijah, because, as Mark puts it, he didn't know what he was saying. Peter was at the Last Supper with Jesus on that holy Thursday night. He ate the bread and drank the wine of that sacred communion. His feet were washed by Jesus. He received Jesus' new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. And later that night, in the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus was praying in anguish, knowing that his suffering and crucifixion were at hand, Peter fell asleep. And when Judas led Roman soldiers to arrest Jesus, Peter drew his sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's slave. Jesus healed the man's ear and said to Peter, put away your sword. The last thing Jesus said to Peter before he was taken away. And then Peter followed behind into the courtyard of the high priest's house where the trial of Jesus was taking place. Peter waited outside while the servants and guards of the high priest went about their business, and then one of them recognized him as a follower of Jesus, and Peter denied it. And then another did the same, and Peter denied it again. And then another said, you were with Jesus, and Peter denied it a third time, saying, I don't even know the man. And at that moment, the rooster crowed, and Jesus looked at Peter. And Peter remembered that only a few hours before, when Peter had said to Jesus, I will give my life for you, Jesus said to him, you will deny me three times. And Peter did. Peter deserted Jesus, his Lord, his mentor, his friend, on the day Jesus died. 
on the Sunday night after Jesus rose from the dead. Peter was with the other disciples in a room behind locked doors because they were afraid that the religious authorities would kill them too. When Jesus suddenly appeared and said to the disciples who had abandoned him, to Peter who had denied him, peace be with you. Jesus did not rebuke them. He did not lecture them. He did not shame them for what they had done. They knew what they had done. Jesus loves them. He forgives them. He offers them in that moment, as he always does, the peace of God, the grace of God, the unending goodwill of God toward them and toward you and me and toward the whole beloved creation. In the words of Pastor Debbie Thomas, Jesus is just as present in our fleeing as he is everywhere else, just as loving in the midst of our failures as he is when we succeed. It's not Jesus who has stakes in drawing out our humiliation or maximizing our penance. That stuff is on us. It's our flawed theologies, our voyeuristic obsession with other people's failures, our need to rebuke and shame wrongdoers in order to keep ourselves pure. Jesus doesn't have those flaws, obsessions, or needs. His will is reconciliation, and his pleasure is grace. It seems that Peter, in particular, needed to be reassured of this grace, needed to be reconciled in his relationship with Jesus, needed to be restored. And so some days after Jesus appeared to his disciples on that Sunday night, Peter is back out on the Sea of Galilee fishing, along with some of the other disciples, including James and John. When Jesus once again arrives on the seashore, tells them to cast out once again their nets and provides an overwhelming catch of fish, 153 to be exact, there's no scholarly consensus on the significance of this number. Perhaps the disciples were just so excited that they counted all the fish. Jerome suggests that there are 153 varieties of fish in the Sea of Galilee, indicating that all people will be caught by the gospel. Once all the disciples are back on the shore, Jesus says, come and have breakfast. And he feeds them with fish and bread, another sacramental meal with his disciples. He cares for them. He embodies for them in his presence and in his provision, as he always does, the grace of God. And then, after breakfast, when they're done eating, Jesus gives his attention to Peter. Jesus says to Peter three times, do you love me? Offering Peter the opportunity to speak to Jesus three times, yes, Lord, 
You know that I love you. Offering Peter the sacred space for his broken heart to heal. Offering Peter the assurance that his faults and his failures are not all there is to him. There is more to Peter than his sin and shame and shortcomings. Loving Peter just as much as he loved Peter when they first met on the shore of that sea, as he always will. And renewing Peter's call to follow him, to do for others what his good shepherd did for him, to demonstrate his love for Jesus in loving others to participate in Jesus' healing, restoring, grace-filled work, saying to Peter three times, feed, tend, care for my sheep. And Peter did. Peter the rock grew in to the name that Jesus gave him. He became the rock upon which Jesus Christ built his church. On Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, preached the good news to the crowds in Jerusalem. He preached the good news that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, suffered and died and rose again, taking our sin and suffering and death as his own, and giving us his forgiveness, salvation, and life eternal. Peter preached the good news he himself had experienced. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Not our sins, not our shame, not our failures, nothing. Peter preached the good news of life now and forever in Jesus Christ, his Lord, his mentor, his friend. And after that sermon, some 3,000 people were baptized and the church was born. A community of faith that Peter continued to shepherd for the rest of his life. He healed the sick and cared for the poor he baptized and taught and made disciples. He boldly proclaimed the gospel knowing what it would cost. And ultimately, Peter did give his life for Jesus Christ. According to church tradition, Peter was crucified upside down in Rome after 30 years of faithful ministry. And when Peter shared his story with the people he mentored, like the gospel writers Mark and Luke, he didn't leave out his faults and failures. We can still read about them today. Peter shared who he was and who he had become. There is a chapel on the shore of the Sea of Galilee called the Primacy of St. Peter. It, historically understood, marks the spot 
on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus and Peter had this restoring, healing, nurturing conversation, where Jesus fed Peter and called Peter to feed others. And like so many of the sacred spots that we visited during that Fuller Seminary trip to the Holy Land in 2011, I was deeply moved by being there. And as we were walking toward that chapel on the shore, I offered a variation on the words of Peter in silent prayer. You know my heart, Lord. You know that I love you. Peter gives me hope. He is a profound example of the gospel truth that Jesus calls us to do his good work, not because we are perfect, but because we are his. Jesus rests our faults and failures in his grace and shows us a better way. Jesus loves us always. And one day, Jesus will restore us and the whole creation. May we follow him. May we feed his sheep. May we give the love we have received. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.